Thank you for listening to Data Science at Home podcast with Francesco Gadaleta. You are about to get cutting edge insights from the people who are reshaping the world of technology with machine learning, data science, and artificial intelligence. It's time for Data Science at Home. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from London again. Today I'm not alone. I am, as promised, with Don Gary. <laughs> Hi, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Really. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, today we're going to speak about a lot of things, especially those that, you know, the differences that uh, uh, determine uh, the, your domain from my domain, yeah. right? Uh, which is data engineering versus data scientists. We're going to see who's going to be the winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, there's no winner because these two figures have, are more and more, you know, tightened to each other and it happens in every project. So, Dan, please, an introduction to the followers of this podcast. Who yeah. are you? So, uh, my name is Dan. I've been doing data engineering for the past, I think, uh, 11, 12 years now. Um, I've been around in the big data world for quite some time now, um, doing batch processing, real-time processing. But I'm also hired or I get hired to bridge the gap between data engineers and data scientists. So it's a very interesting topic to talk about. Yeah. And uh, indeed, today we are going to speak about something that is even more specific, which is metrics. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Before starting with metrics, of course, I want to point out some of the you know biggest dilemma in data science, which is you know the fact that data scientists and data engineers are usually, can I say, disconnected? Yeah, you you, you often see that um, those are two different departments in an organization, and uh, it's very hard to to well, get them together. In a lot of cases, data scientists can come up with brilliant things, but once they have to go into production, they're just not production ready. So then you need a data engineer who's basically going through all the code, sometimes even rewriting it. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that just takes a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. So we need to bring them closer together. And actually you see this happening in, in, in successful organizations where both teams are basically not two teams, but one team working together. Yeah. Well, the, the the biggest challenge, I think, is when these two figures, you know, the data scientist and the data engineer, uh, are in fact measuring different things. Y yes and no. There, there are some similarities, but in the end, whatever it, both both thing that we're doing, whether it's a data engineer or data uh, or a data scientist, is we're writing a software program, right? Right. Um, so there are intrinsic things that go with every software project. And I think um, that is one of the first steps to acknowledge is that no, data science and data engineer aren't that different from each other. Mm -hmm. And as we will see that there, there are several things that we can do actually in the same way. We may be, we may be uh, calling them differently, but in the end it's, it's pretty much the same thing that you want to accomplish. Absolutely agree with you, Dan. So to be even more specific, Dan is the co-founder and CTO of Primal. You didn't mention that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I try to be low level at the moment. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's a, a truly fascinating story as well. Uh, yeah, we try to, to, to bridge that gap through technology. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun a fun journey. 
we're gonna launch soon, but in fact, Dan is the individual behind all my models that go <laughs> into the back end. Yeah, yeah, I have to clean up the shit that he creates. So <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much my job at the moment, uh, and making them production ready. So we actually are are confronted with with this on a daily basis, and that's also why we see how we can actually fix this. All right, so let's speak about metrics. Now, I've heard some folks calling them requirements, probably the folks close to you. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time we, we, we talk about requirements much more than metrics, or metrics are more something that, that uh, a way of measuring your requirements or how far you are from your, uh, from your requirements. Well, in, in machine learning, in fact, uh, it's, it is very important to design and implement metrics since the very beginning of the project. So if you don't set a metrics, in fact, you have nothing to measure, right? Metrics first. That's my mantra. Now, if you design your system with metric instrumentation in mind, of course, things will go much, much better for you in the future. So what I've seen many times in uh, even you know small and larger organizations, the size of these organizations didn't really matter, in fact, is to uh, find exactly the opposite. Like people started their project, they started you know coding their neural network, logistic regression, blah, 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 and, uh, and then define some sort of metric at, at you know half of the project. So this is something that really is, is bad. And, uh, and also disturbing because at some point the data scientists realize that, oh, damn, this metric is not, doesn't make sense anymore or, or I, need, I need something else. Or for example, accuracy doesn't make sense to this project. Maybe an error loss makes more sense. And so you start seeing these people chasing new metrics and losing track of the progress of their machine learning model at, at this point in time, so at the time they changed the metric. So, I mean, I found that so many times, ah, so disturbing, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, 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 we see similar things, actually. The only thing that, that is kind of different between the data science world and the data engineering world is the fact that um, the whole job of a data scientist is to improve is to uh, optimize as quickly as possible, while premature optimization is basically the cause for every failure of, a, of, a, of an engineering project. So that's where you basically have a difference in the two worlds. We do need metrics as well for basically knowing like what is the error rate, what is the runtime of, of whatever batch algorithm that you're running right now, or batch process that you're running. But it's, it's something that, is being considered much later in your development cycle. It's something that comes up the moment that you're going to do load testing, the mm -hmm. moment that you're going to do like more getting your stuff production ready. All right. So take home message, define your metrics before starting the project. That's, that's my lecture <laughs> to you guys there. In fact, if you have to redefine the metrics later in your project, you probably did something wrong. Now, one thing to watch out is to the metrics that depend on each other. If you have, for example, a model that is improving somehow the number of clicks on, on, on a page, this will likely increase the number of active users. So in fact, these two metrics, these two counts are extremely positively correlated, mm -hmm. right? And so if you observe one, you are probably observing the other one 99% of the, of, the, of the cases. So if you see these two metrics diverging at some point, of course, there is something wrong in your project or in the definition of your metric. So you have to pay attention to these things. These things happen all the time. Mm 
Now, one other thing that happens all the time is that you know, many data scientists at the beginning of the project, of course, they don't know exactly what to observe. Uh, and so because the project is complicated, because new data get in after the project, you know, kicked off. And so you will know even less about the metrics that you might be observing in the future, you know, because that's the future. Today, you don't need these metrics and, and, and they're not there. Mm -hmm. So the question that I've been asked many times is, how do you deal with that? And uh, and the problem is that as a data scientist, and then we'll we'll hear how, how Dan deals with that. As a data scientist, you use baselines. So baselines are made just for this to define your metrics because the baseline sucks. The, don't trust the accuracy <laughs> or the performance of the of the baseline model. You don't need that for you know to perform anything. You just need to setting up your environment, to setting up your plumbing, to setting up your data fetcher, and to define your metrics. Is that the case in engineering, Dan? Yeah, we, we, we always start from like what we call a skinny model, where we try to build a pipeline and we try to have it front-to-end running as quickly as possible, even for like the most ridiculous uh, small thing. Um, like the most ridiculous small element that you want to prove that, that, that first work. And once you have done that, you start expanding on that uh, up until the moment that you're reaching your SLAs. Because that, that's actually, when you look at metrics, we often get um, an SLA, which means a service level agreement where you basically have to adhere to, for example, 99.9% .9 uptime. That means that in a, in, a, in a year time, you can only have a certain amount of hours that you can be offline. So that is something that's totally different from, from a data science perspective, but that is one of the metrics that we have to deal with. Uh, also, like you have error rate in, in, in models, mm -hmm. we also have error rate when computing models, uh, sorry, when computing uh, data pipelines. So that is also something that we take into account. It's a lot of different things like latency, one of the things that, that you see when you go back into applications and putting applications in production, and more importantly, deploying machine learning models that come from data scientists and put them in a production context are things like, how long does it take to evaluate the model? What's the latency of the model? Because that's going to be hugely important. But not only that, I need to know like how many events can I push through that thing on a, on, even on a second basis. Hmm. So that's that's different kind of, of, of measurements that you or metrics that you want to want to observe. Um, but these are like the operational metrics. Yes, you can have a, the greatest model that is out there. But if it takes like four minutes to get an answer from it, it's a problem. You will not use it in production. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a bit of the, 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 the trade off. And it's often that one of the sides does not really understand why it is not working in production. Yeah. Which is why, in fact, many of the models out there, especially those developed by these big corporations, you know, they crunch a ton of data and uh, they have these amazing clusters and they build these neural networks with, uh, uh, I don't know, hundreds of millions of parameters. Okay, they solve a very nice problem. They, they can develop their NLP engine that is almost human, kind of. But still, these are gigs and gigs that latency <laughs> that, yeah. that of the model performing a prediction is is huge and and when you have to deal with this stuff in production it's going to be impossible yeah and, and and it also depends on what kind of business you are of course but if you see like for example google they optimize like every single nanosecond out of their network mm. um i mean if you start dealing with that kind of, of, of operational stuff if you want to 
put your machine learning models into an operational context, you have to be on top of your game. Makes sense, Dan. So what happens at Primal? So at Primal, we actually uh, provide you with a platform that actually can do all of these things. You have the ability to build machine learning models. And at the same time, we take the operational angle as well and give you the ability to easily deploy them into production, even up until production. I am getting excited over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Primal.io, PRYML.io, that's our new baby. Yeah, indeed. And uh, when are we launching? <laughs> it, it all depends on my data scientist. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Delegating and uh, declining yeah. responsibilities. Yeah, it's a good start, right? <laughs> well, we are both in London, the Shoreditch office of uh, Barclays Techstars Accelerator London 2020, and I'm very glad to have you here, Dan. Yeah, me too. I'm uh, having a great time, and it's only getting better. We are sleeping faster this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sleep faster. Yeah. Sounds good. That's it for today. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Data Science at Home Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.